Well, game one didn't go our way, but uh, we're going to, I was going to say tee it up. That's T-ball. It's real baseball tonight. American Family Field, 6.08 start time right here on the flagship WTMJ. Sandy and Steve, WTMJ now. And, of course, one of the stars of Wisconsin. Afternoon news, Greg Matzik. Hi, Greg. Greetings. (laughs) (laughs) Greg is, like, so busy today, I can just see he's, like, ready to pounce on everything. I'm ready to talk about a game three. That that's what yeah, I'd like to talk about. A game three. So yeah, cards stacked against the Brewers a little bit. If you look at the pitching matchup tonight, potentially we can get into that a little bit. But yesterday just went sideways. It it, it great start, and then everything went sideways in a minute. Common theme this year: runners in scoring position, not getting them across the plate. That is true. So that was an issue for the Brewers yesterday. So they strand what eleven men on base. Right, twelve hits, four walks. Yeah. Like you, you should have more than three runs on the board. I think is your feeling. Now, some of that is just you, you know you smash a ball to third, and the guy makes an incredible play, and all of a sudden, boom, double play. Kind of wish he would have retired. You know, in, in another situation <laughs> where you know the Brewers had a runner on second, I think it was Sal Free. Like Josh Donaldson hits a sharp single to center. That is a runner in scoring position, and that was a base hit, but the run did not score. Right, the ball was hit so hard. There was another play made, Longoria again at third base, diving stab, Adamas hits a rocket to third, he picks up, he tries to throw Adamas out, he doesn't get him, but that diving stab prevented a double, and on the very next play, Josh Donaldson grounds into a double play because he had the force at second. So, uh, a little bit of dumb luck, sure. Some great defense, yes, by the Diamondbacks, uh, but 11 strikeouts, 11 stranded, that's tough in a playoff game. So we're in a must-win situation. Yes, we all talk about how much we think that Craig Council deserves to be manager of the year. Gosh darn it. What does Craig Council tell his team last night and today? Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I think the situation is, is pretty clear, right? It is a do-or-die situation. And, and where Craig is typically really good, it's, it's pulling the lever at the right time, like knowing when to make a pinch hit, knowing when to send a guy to second, knowing when to you know, maybe bunt a guy over, which he did yesterday, knowing when to go to the bullpen, Typically, he's very good at all that kind of stuff, and that's the kind of stuff you need to have work in your favor. Uh, logic can lead you to a move, but then the move has to pay off. And if they don't, uh, then you're packing and, and waiting until mid-February when pitchers and catchers report. So I was watching the game, listening to the game on WTMJ, and, and also watching social media, two screens, and a lot of conversation about Jesse Winker. And I, I, the, basically the thought was, why is he batting in this situation? And I need someone to explain why that was the choice. He seemed like he was not ready. I, I'm a big fan of, of Mitchell. I thought that would have made more sense. I'm not. I'm sure there's more to that story. Can you walk me through the logic of in that situation in that game last night, Jesse Winker? Why? Okay, so there there are a variety of things that happened last night, and and you put them all into the hopper, and it contributes to a Brewers loss. Jesse Winker's singular at-bat did not cost the Brewers a win. However, it's one of those things in the pot that you look at and scratch your head, and at the end of the night, you're looking at a 6-3 loss. So Jesse Winker's last at-bat at the Major League level was July 24th. And by the way, when he got injured, he was hitting 199. Like, he was brought to this team to be a designated hitter. If you can't hit in your designated hitter role, you don't belong on the team. But the longer he lingered with this quote-unquote rehab assignment, this never-ending rehab assignment, the longer he stuck around, the more I thought, you know what, I wouldn't be surprised if he's back with this team at some point. Yeah. Then I saw him in the clubhouse after clinch night celebrating. 
And I thought, oh boy, he's going to end up on the roster, isn't he? And sure enough, he did. And Craig Council defended the decision, saying Jesse Winker, at a point in the game, will give us what we need. I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't know what the metrics are that would suggest that his left-handed bat would be better than Garrett Mitchell's. There is no metric, there is no analytic that you can draw up for me that would tell me the guy hitting 199, who hasn't played in a major league game since the end of July, who is a terrible hitter all season long, would be a better option for a productive at-bat. And what happened? Three strikes, three swings, maybe a pulled oblique, oh. and it was a non-competitive at-bat. When you're trying to start a rally late in the game to get back to even or take a lead, that's the first guy you pull off the bench? Are you insane? <laughs> and I'm sentimental. Like I've wanted to root for Garrett Mitchell all season long. I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of his potential. And is really the only reason that you think Garrett Mitchell didn't make the playoff roster is the concern that he just may not be as fast because... He's not sliding headfirst due to that labrum issue, or well, it may be, but it, are there other factors here that I mean? Garrett Mitchell. I always hate to question the people in the front office who who have information that we don't. Yet, to your point, it's like, come on, doesn't this seem like a better solution? There's no logic to Garrett Mitchell not being on the roster unless it's a, a significant health issue, right? Maybe he tweaked something, something happened. I don't know, and and they weren't talking about that kind of stuff. But if you want to talk about a more productive left-handed at bat, and you have Jesse Winker and Garrett Mitchell standing in front of you, one thousand times out of one thousand, you're going to pick Garrett Mitchell, and you don't need him to run. If you have concerns over his shoulder, Jesse Winker wasn't going to run if he reached first base. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> and he doesn't do anything else. It's not like you're going to stick him in the field. He's just not right for this roster. It makes no sense that he is on the playoff roster. All right, real quick, we only got about a minute. Um, what should I'm we... not done yet. Come on. <laughs> All right, Greg's going to take over the show. What do you expect to see tonight? Well, I expect to see Freddie Peralta coming out guns a-blazing, right? I mean, you, you've got to do your best to shut this lineup down because Zach Gallen is going for Arizona. If you look at his total stats, you're going to be impressed. If you look at his last four or five starts, second half of the season, you'd say, hmm, Brewer's got a chance against the Diamondbacks' best starter. Here's the thing to know about Peralta. He has never pitched this many innings ever in his career. There's a reason that Craig Council gave him a break in that final series against the Cubs. Hmm. I'm optimistic. I'm all the way in optimistic. Yeah. We'll all find Let's out tonight. Brewers. Baseball's a crazy game. At the end of the day, Corbin Burns, Devin Williams allow six runs. That, that was the backbone of why they lost. Always love talking to Greg Matzik. Hear me in the afternoon. Are you live from AmFam today? Sure are. Three o'clock. We'll all be right. there. And bring that energy, man. You are on fire and fuego. All right.